Hello, everyone. My name is Mark from the Misplay Podcast, and you're listening to Eternal Journey, everyone's favorite eternal podcast. Welcome to Eternal Journey, the podcast. Greetings, all my knights and puntawans. You are listening to Eternal Journey, the podcast that talks about all things eternal with a focus on limited play. I'm your host, Jedi, and it's episode 129 of the podcast where we are going to be going over... Oh, man, I always do this. What is it? Enter the Arcanum, right? That's it, John? Yes, sir. All right, sweet. We're going over the uh, mini campaign buy pack pay to win i don't know what you want to call it but the little snippets of sweet interjection of cards injections that uh direwolf does to uh you know lighten up the load brew some creativity in between sets and arcanum is the name of the game today and we're gonna be evaluating each card for constructed uh unfortunately i didn't get a chance though i love it yeah let me actually let me introduce my guest before i go into that first off the veteran, the senior, the best player on the podcast, John Holio. What's up, homie? Well, maybe not tonight with uh with our special guest here, but hey, what's up? <laughs> Holla. Speak our special guest, longtime supporter, longtime friend, great personality. You may label him you may love him or hate him based on how you see him on the ladder or in the tournament scene. We have old Rich. Welcome, friend. Hey, thank you for the kind words. That's very exciting to be here. Well, at least kind of words to your face. Yeah, still counts. <laughs> yep. So real quick, I want to say thank you to all the supporters of the show, including Old Rich, Chesty Weaver, Sandy Fur, and uh, Fast Cookie. You guys rock out there. Keep on doing what you guys are doing. You guys are awesome. Um, Fortunately, no Alex, the underscore with us this week. Uh, you know, Constructed is not his brew, so he decided to take the week off. Unfortunate, because we miss him. But hey, man, we're thinking about you out there. Um, I don't even know if he listens to the podcast. Probably not. Maybe he'll he listen to this. up every once in a while, but yeah, I don't think he even commutes anymore. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, work from home, right? Uh, a... So real quick, before we dive into it, I do want to say that once again, I'm going to say that this podcast is the proponent of what made that happen. But <clears throat> Direwolf has uh, started to include uh, Scion drafting right before these little mini campaigns drop and uh, include the some of the cards in the draft format, which I think is fantastic. John, you and I have definitely made that conversation uh, that some of these cards are unplayable, but... In, in constructed but in a limited format that would be very exciting to play with and i think direwolf heard our cries and once again they didn't put it into the actual draft set but they put it into the scion drafts which i think is fantastic um, yeah yeah I, I i did a ton of scion drafts this time so yeah i got to play with a good amount of these cards in like a limited environment and honestly some of them probably shine there as opposed to either constructed format which i'm sure will talk about some of these cards uh, in, that, in that light but yeah it was it was a i thought i thought it was more balanced than usual although i definitely started facing more zine and piles towards the end there but i think a lot of people were trying out the new cards and not just forcing certain certain archetypes like aggro was definitely viable so yeah it was, it was a good format nice rich did you do any uh scion drafting i did a couple i i usually don't do the events because I'm 
mostly a free-to-play player, so... Yeah, but these were, you know, it was like, you, you get your gold back on four wins, so like I was just like straight earning money, er, you know, earning in-game currency, like, faster than normal playing Scion. Yeah, well, that's what fueled my, my second draft. My my first one, I, I went 7-1. I was like, oh, this is great. I made extra money and ran another one. I, oh, wait, no. Actually, I remember I, I did do uh, get about four of them. Because you just yeah, kept winning? Um, or at least breaking even. <laughs> yeah. uh, once I uh, lost money on my last run, I was like, all right, I've had my fun. i got to get back to saving gold for Enter the Arcanum. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, I, I yeah, think it's great. Fun. I love it. I absolutely love it. I really appreciate Direwolf for doing it. I think they're awesome. So keep up the good work, guys. You guys are great. All right, without further ado then, we're going to go ahead and dive into the cards. I will have them on the screen if you are watching slash listening the YouTube version of this. Um, yeah, you'll just see the cards on the screen so you can follow along with us. But we go, we'll go, we be going down in same order that you've, they're found in-game client. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into it. First up is Catalyze. This is an, I'm not even going to bother with rarity, but it's a spell for two red-red. Reads, discard a card to draw two cards. So you break even. You're playing this and the card you discard, and you're drawing two. So you're just losing power for the turn. Each unit, weapon, or spell drawn this way gets double damage. So we're already seeing quite a bit of this on the ladder, at least I am. But uh, just to get the ball rolling, John, our veteran, why don't you go ahead, don't you go ahead and take point on this one? Where are you at on Catalyze? Yeah, <clears throat> I like this card a lot. Um, it doesn't really force you to like do a lot of brewing to make it good. Like you can just kind of slot it into a lot of you know unit-based decks, and it, it'll it'll kind of be okay. Um, especially if you're uh, you know playing factions that normally don't have a lot of good card draw slash selection. Like this can fit right into like a you know, mostly aggressive or, or mid-range-ish Stone Scar type list. Um, Skycrag, I, I immediately tried messing with it with, like, Spellcrag stuff, and it was pretty sweet there. Like, that's just a solid card. I think you can build around it a little bit, but it doesn't really, you know, I think I think anyone can, can see the value in a card like this. Yeah, and you, what was it... Um... Man, I would have said the name of the card twenty times, but now that I have to say it, I, I forgot the five mana or five power draw from your uh, void, and they get was it prodigious sorcery? There you go, that one. Is is that where mm -hmm. you you kind of comboed with that, so you even get the spells that you discarded back? Uh, well, you that one that can like it, it's just like basically having kind of more copies of sorcery in your deck in some in some respects, right? Like yeah, yeah, exactly. Draw the bolts or the porches off the catalyze, but you know it's just like that, that deck. You're usually just trying to turn through your card. You know, it's like so much card draw usually anyway. Mm -hmm. um, and this has some upside, so yeah, it was it was it was just like you know, and that's a deck I played a lot. So it was just kind of it felt really cool, kind of having a new way to give my you know burn spells double damage. Like normally, like. It, you know, certain certain draws, it was like a much faster win con. 
Do you think there's some viability to this in a weapon deck, like an armory deck, or not really? I mean, armory's already on the downfall because there's just too in, too much incidental hate. But yeah, like I mean, I know you just love armory. Like I th I think it's worth trying to brew a little bit, like because there's also you know like weapon reanimating is kind of a thing, right? If I'm not mistaken. There's some some cards that kind of care about that kind of stuff. I mean, you could one-shot somebody if you put this on the armament, right? And they don't have any creatures. That's 12 and 12. Oh, you almost one-shot them. That's that's kind of busted. But, I mean, I, I see what you're saying. Like, honestly, this card is such low impact or low cost to, to have in any deck. I think if you're running, if red is anywhere near your primary color, I think you do just run this. Maybe not a complete four of, but, I mean... You pitch your power late in the game, draw some gas, and it's even more potent. It seems like yeah. a winner, like you said, in aggro decks and mid-range decks and in uh, uh, spell decks, not control. I guess control really doesn't want it because you're going to have a lot more answers than you are going to be aggressive yeah. cards. Uh, quick question, and I'm, I probably already know this, but so if you if you draw Brel with this, Brel is the only thing that gets double damage, not her weapon, correct? Yeah, because that weapon is like a separate yeah. specific thing. That's like yeah, that's what I thought. It just popped into my head because I was thinking armory and and Jund is my favorite. So or ambition. So, um, all right, Rich, what do you think about old Catalyze? Uh, it's a very exciting, fun card for me because you know I'm aggro is you know where my heart and home is. You know, aggro player at base, so. I mean, one of my favorite things to do is just you know pitch Nico with it. And I'm gonna bring him back anyway, so it's you know practically a free discard there. I think it's at its best when you're utilizing the discard aspect, uh, especially something like a, I think it's called send a message. Mm -hmm. uh, it's like five power, double shadow, make opponent discard and sack a unit. It's just so good. I'm, yeah, if you're I'm using a... like all the all the angles up. You know, of the card, it obviously is even better. You care about the things going to your void, as well as, like, the double damage. Yeah. Most of. It's, it's great. It's it's the first thing I, you know, I, I started playing around with when I cracked it open. Same. Well, I mean, it's the lowest barrier of entry, right? It, once again, going back to what John said, the card doesn't ask much of you to be included in the deck, so that's always a nice part. You know, I, I, they made it double red. I think that's the hardest part about it. And influence mm -hmm. in, in Eternal, the way it's designed, isn't the most difficult thing. So, sweet. All right. Uh, nice. So, John, it's been such a long time, man. Do we give these things grades? No, right? Nah. Yeah, okay. All right. Just wanted no, to make we sure. we just to talk about them. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. All right. We like next, them. Next up was a card that was previewed on the last tournament. Well, and... Uh, Man, I, I I like this card. Uh, Rickety Ram Cart. I think it's great, man. It's the one thing I do like about Eternal. Like, they're not afraid to go a little goofy with cards. And, yeah, this card totally mm -hmm. is. Rickety Ram Cart. The artwork is just absolutely fantastic. It's a 4-1 Grenadine Engine for 3 red. When Rickety Ram Cart attacks, play a 1-1 Hookbot with Taunt attacking love those style effects i mean it's a little annoying but sometimes right when you're just like sacrificing a dude but at the same time it's glorious and yeah one one a hook bot is literally just a one one with taunt and for those of you that don't know this unit must be blocked so if they have a blocker it will essentially it's a way to, to save ram cart in combat which i like 
Um, and or then it kind of, huh? Or another attacking unit. Yeah, yeah true. Yeah, 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 true story. Yeah, okay. and then what, you know, want to across the line plays really well into combat tricks, which obviously is a more limited thing than constructed. So that may be a tipping point for this thing. Uh, and then in tomb, so when it dies, play a hookbot. So value all across the board with this little guy plays into some sacrifice shenanigans a little bit. Um, pretty much what John said, though, I think the biggest aspect of this is to get in some damage and protect some of your other guys. I feel like it may be a more aggressive card, though it doesn't have charge. It is costly. It's a four power for three. So I don't know. I, I like this card. That being said, I don't know what deck wants it. So sending it over to you first, Rich, what do you think about Rickety Ramp card? I mean, I think it's it's a cute card. It's full of flavor. I I don't think it's correct, but you know, flavor wise, I think it should have charge just because it's on a ramming card. <laughs> but charge and reckless, maybe even. <laughs> yeah, or or even have like stipulation, like if you have another Grenadine, it gets charge. You know what I mean? Something. Yeah. Yeah, but I, as much as I like it from a flavor aspect, I don't think it's quite playable yet. I mean, maybe the has a The only, the, the only thing I, I see. Like, I wonder if, like, I haven't really brewed much for Expedition yet, obviously, with the Throne Tournament this weekend. Um, but, like, maybe, you know, the we, we've been playing a lot of, like, creation decks for obvious reasons later in the set review. Uh, and I wonder if this might make it, at least, at least I want to try it, like, in a deck like that for Expedition, right? Like, yeah, the that deck likes it when you're going wide, and, like, this this could just, like, help help like with with that whole strategy honestly like i don't know i haven't really explored it yet but i think it might make the cut there yeah the hardest part is it just being a three cost right there's so many good three drops in eternal that it's definitely the 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 barrier of entry there is pretty high you just you got a lot to compete with unfortunately and this one just isn't powerful enough mm -hmm. so, yeah I, that's a good point though i definitely i definitely agree i do think the fact that the it's charging down the rails on in the 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 photo as well as or the artwork as well as it having ram card in its name i definitely feel like it should have at the very least stipulated charge like either you pay more you know pay two or pay one and it gets charged and or you know some kind of hey you need that you had to blast one of your opponent's creatures first or something maybe this one yeah. will be first in line for a buff yeah true Maybe so. Possibly. All right. <laughs> Next up is Chizu's. Chizu's. Have we heard? I know Chizue? who it is. That's one. Chizway. Oh, I like that. Chizway. Yeah. Okay. Cool. That's uh. Was it the Skycrag Sixth? Yeah, he's one right. of them. Throne Power Rangers. Chizway master. Chizway's masterpiece is a plus eight plus zero weapon for five red red Warcry two summon. The wielder gets quick draw this turn. So very interesting card. Five, you're paying five for eight damage plus two stats, which I mean isn't horrible. Quick draw allows it to win in combat, but it doesn't give overwhelm. So this, I mean, it could definitely get in a ton of damage, and it could also just be chump blocked. It doesn't put anything on the back end as far as toughness goes. So the creature is just as vulnerable the next turn as it was before. This plays really poorly into your opponent having open power. Yeah, this this one feels a little too cute to me. 
Um, even if you, once again, slap double damage by drawing it with Catalyze, it doesn't give Overwhelm. But I guess you could have Flyers, right? So, I don't know. John, where are you at on uh, this Masterpiece? Yeah, like, it seems powerful, but I just... It's just, it's like a little too risky for my blood. You know? Yeah, especially yeah, for five. It's, you're just, you're setting yourself up to get blown out, I think. Rich, it's, what it's about really you? Classy. Like, I'm sure there's some players that are just like looking at this that cannot wait to play it. <laughs> right? Like, this, this will speak to some people, I think. I mean, it's no persuader. Yeah, persuader yeah. is like, it, you know, that's like a little better because it, it, it can kind of replace itself and deal damage like before the opponent can even respond, right? Yeah, and you yeah. get like when you hit the opponent triggers and yeah. it's my boo. One of my yeah, persuader uh, set a high bar of what a good weapon is. Yeah, I just don't see the upside to this is, is my issue, you know? Like, I mean, eight power is a lot, right? You could definitely take a huge chunk out of your opponent, but you're kind of already in a good position there if you're able to just get in there. So, yeah. you know, if you slap it on that like 2 1 Berserk, you know, unit, but that comes down so early and this comes down so many turns later. It's like, yeah. by turn five, if you're playing a deck with those kind of cards in it, you, you want your opponent like basically dead already. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you're slapping on like a lifesteal unit as well, it's pretty good, right? You get a good chunk of it's a big life swing, but. I mean, yeah. once again, you're just increasing the the fact that it doesn't add anything to toughness bugs me because you're you're just even if even if you get a good swing in with it, you're still just kind of opening yourself up to getting two for one. And I mean, I guess paying five for eight damage, that's on par, right? I guess. Yeah, guarantee the damage. Yeah. It's I mean, a lot of times that's like chump or chump plus war cry too. Yeah. Or whatever. Um, yeah, and the, I mean, the quick draw lets it get in there if they have, you know, whatever. Let's say they have their one good creature that they have on defense, right? So they either ride it, you know, let it die or chump block. But I don't know. It, once again, it just, there's so many chances of them just having a random one or two drop just sitting there like, all right, well, this guy's not doing anything, chump. It's like, and then what are you going to do? Run like fat uh, combat trick with overwhelm in your deck just to comment? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I don't think this one's gonna gonna do a lot of work either. Yeah, all right. definitely. Alright, moving along, we have All Nighter. This is a fast spell for one time. Put an enemy unit with cost two or less on the bottom of its owner's deck, or create and draw an apprentice mage. An apprentice mage is the two two for two with plus one maximum power. Man, I they're they're kind of it's interesting they're adjusting the removal in uh time a little bit right and they're moving away from fight cards and giving it this situational removal stuff where it doesn't kill stuff it just you know bounces it or tucks it into the deck which sometimes could be even better and you know but they can't just straight up give time straight up removal right it's not in the color so I mean, I'm kind of like, for one, it's not bad, right? It's definitely, it does exactly what you want it to do, which is to kind of counter these aggressive decks that are going to go underneath your ramping. <clears throat> and then 
if you're going up against a control deck, then you just create a ramp spell. Like, and for one, it's not too far-fetched to believe as early as turn three, you can just play this and then play the card. It's fast speed, so you, you know you can leave this up. And if your opponent doesn't play a two-drop that you want to get rid of, then you just make the mage. This, it's later on in the game, you could still kind of bounce something at combat speed <clears throat> because it's it's one, it's easy to leave up. I like, I mean, I don't think this card is, is a format-breaking card, but I like it. I think it's well-designed. What do you think, John? Yeah, I agree. I agree with all those points. Like, I think it, it looks a little better than I think it is uh, as far as it's, like, played out for me. Um Maybe I just haven't found the right deck for it yet. Um, but I don't know. Like, I, this is the kind of card that's like, depend, like, whether it's good is dependent both on, like, you know, the meta decks you're playing more often than not. And yeah, for sure. For sure. So it's like, mm -hmm. whether it's, whether it goes in your deck and is good is like a multifaceted equation, right? So I think there, there might be a time where this is like quite good. We'll see. Maybe maybe expedition here in the next month yeah like for me this reminds me of call the hit right it's it's one it's one power it gets rid of something cheap sometimes i mean obviously it can kill like a roland or um i forgot what it's called now but the two four flyer that gives you armor and draws you a card in combre so there's definitely an adjustment right two cost unit versus a uh two power creature essentially there is a difference there but you know this turns into ramp that turns into power so i think it reminds me of that i it's interesting because there's sometimes that they play a three two on two that call the hit can't kill and you're like gosh darn it but then i can imagine them you know once again playing a ver something like a rollant that this card can't get rid of either so it's definitely got its cost but i don't know it, 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 I think you're 100% right, though. It's definitely meta-based. If you're not seeing a very aggressive two-drop-heavy meta, then this card really isn't going to do too much for you. Rich? Yeah, I, I agree with everything you guys say. I, I do think it's a very interesting card since it can be very fluid depending on you know whether you're on the draw or you're going first, you know how you play that out from your hand and how your opponent does it. It's very interesting. <laughs> I I compared it more to Defiance myself. You know, they're both one cost, monocolor, two options. Mm -hmm. Defiance obviously being better because it protects you from, from both ends, but you know, like you said earlier, you know, time's not really all about, you know, just straight up removal. So I, I think it's fitting and, you know, color wise, but definitely yeah. not a bad card. Yeah, time just runs, it stomps you with its dinosaur hooves. Yeah, big butts. Already. <laughs> you know, it might also be a good card for just a newer player that doesn't have the expansive, you know, collection or whatnot. So, yeah. so just something to overall think about. Next up, we have Arcanum Janitor. This is a 0-1 Sentinel for four time. Summon, put a card in a void in a void, so yours or your opponent's, on the bottom of its owner's deck. Arcanum Janitor gets plus attack and plus health equal to its cost. So, I mean, an expensive anti-reanimator strategy. I guess you can, I mean, I don't know, Is this isn't really worth a card in a control deck, right? 
I mean, this is literally just like a market card for reanimator strategies to me. I mean, it is a card. It doesn't have to be a creature. So if your opponent is running something like that we were talking about earlier, the, um, gosh, darn it. What's the name of the sorcery again, John? Studies? Tutoring? Something? What, prodigious sorcery? There you go, sorcery, right? I mean, it gets rid of that, right? But, God, four is expensive. Yeah, I, I don't. I think this card is maybe a market card at best. I'm not super excited about it. Uh, what do you think, Rich? I, I I think it'll be good for some for some great meme decks. Um, <laughs> yeah. The the first thing I thought of was uh, getting Witching Hour into your own void and then putting Witching Hour on the bottom of your deck, and you know you got twenty some odd worth of stats right there for you. And you draw it with Catalyze. So you you pit you pitch witching hour with catalyze drawing janitor and then drop a behemoth janitor. Yeah, you just gotta find a way to get it overwhelmed, and then you got a uh, full circle. There you go. If you guys do something busted with Arcanum janitor, post a screenshot of it in Discord. Love to see it. Yeah, it's also, you know, it's like a screamable card, right? It's all it could you could also just kind of have like a sentinel reanimator type deck where it's like. It it kind of can serve as extra copies of stirring sands, right? Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. take take the you know expensive. You you might have a glut of expensive sentinels in your void, and you're not going to be reanimating all those, right? So, you could just summon this with the with a huge stat increase on four. Like, you know, I could I could see it being okay in a deck like that too. But yeah, I think it's. It's more of like some, it, it, it wants to be jank with some combo. So quick question for you, John. If this thing had uh, flat ambush, do you think, no, ambush went trigger on a spell cast. Never mind. I was, I was saying like, if you can do this in response to someone going into their, their void, then I wonder if this would be playable. But I mean, once again, yeah, we, I, I think, I think with a card like this, like that's like an incidental use of it, right? Like if you're putting this in your deck, you want to, have a plan for it with your own stuff. Mm, yeah. Fair enough. All right. So nah, I'm forcing Arcanum Janitor is going to stay cleaning up the hallways by itself. Uh, next up is Talir Head Mistress. This is a 6 6 hero scion for six time time, charge, and then plus two maximum power. When Talir hits the enemy player, replenish your power. So that's kind of neat, right? You potentially can, you play her on six if your opponent has an open board, because once again, she doesn't have uh, Overwhelm, so she can be chump block. But let's say your opponent has an open board. They didn't tap out, leaving up the, and I guess Victimless Crime wouldn't work, so that's kind of nice, but the Annihilate. So you play this on six. Your power goes up to eight, depleted. You swing in. You hit him for six, and then you have eight power to work with for the rest of the turn, which also means that you could potentially leave up protection for Talir. So, yeah, this card doesn't doesn't seem bad. Like, I, I'm not super excited either about it. Is this more of a control card, John? Is this kind of like your finisher for control decks? I don't. I don't think so. I don't think this is really a good card, honestly. Like, I it, this was like everywhere during Scion drafting, and. Pretty quickly, like you came to expect the charging Talir. So you would just hold up your Annihilate when it was coming to be that time, right? Mm. So 
in my mind, if it's like that easy to telegraph and counter in a scion draft format, like how could a card like this ever do well in constructed, right? Like if if there was ever a meta deck playing this, like everyone would just be ready for it, like you know, with some answers or whatever, they would see it coming like so far away because it's cost six, you know, like and it has to connect to matter. Like in Scion, it was cool, like because you you know you don't always have the answer answer whatever even if you're expecting it, but yeah, you can still just chump block it so they can't do something busted like Talir attack hit you and then play like Diangelo might drawing six cards like same turn. Gotcha. What do you think, Rich? I don't think it's I don't think it's good. Yeah, I mean, it's just a vanilla card with charge, really. I, I think at that stage in the game, I mean, plus two max power probably isn't going to do a whole lot for you. But, I mean, it's not nothing either. I probably see Expedition play. I, I don't play a whole lot of Expedition myself. But, I mean, it's a 6-6 six, six for 6 and charge. So, I mean, that's, that's not awful. It's something. It's definitely not nothing, but... You know, it also it's, doesn't like it's it, not exceptional either. Like the the it only replenishes power, right? So like it still only goes up to your like normal max power. It doesn't like do anything cool like with stacking from tiny planes or anything like that. One row, you know, it can't get you like some insane number by itself, really. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think the coolest thing you could do with that is you know pay off your debt with it, but like debt is mostly like an Argent port mechanic. Yeah. So, eh, I don't know if this I mean, so you could you could sl the next turn if she survives, you could slap a persuader on her, right? <laughs> play it play a four drop. Like, uh what's a good four drop? You could play Oh, you could play Psychalis. There you go. You play Psychalis, right? So now you're swinging in for let's see, persuaders plus 3, so that's 9 plus 5, 14. Then she'll trigger, get in for two, replenish her power. Then you like pump both of them either giving them double damage or pump them both at combat speed or fast speed and then when she hits she replenishes your power you could just gloat over your opponent as they die yes there you go boom broker <laughs> all right moving on we have campus security this, this is a one three minotaur soldier for one green plus two strength while you or campus security are wielding a weapon Pay four to give campus security invulnerable to damage and war cry this turn. So kind of a Voltron-y card. I mean, let me see. Pay four to give. So correct me if I'm wrong, John, because I haven't played with this card yet, but you could activate that four at fast speed, correct? No. You can't? Oh, gosh. So, All right. I think like one card in the game that lets you do... It might it might only be like certain things that are fast. Like this is not an ultimate. No, like I don't think I don't think this can ever be activated at fast speed. Got you. So it's definitely just some type of weapon heavy deck, right? Where you make this a reasonable swing. I mean, I don't know if this is just ever really good enough. Like maybe in some expedition Mentar decks, but like man, if this was an Oni, I think it would be good enough for like thrown Onis. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. 
where you have that weapon synergy automatically yeah. built into it. Yeah, I agree. Maybe in another, you know, if like soldiers is a thing in an, in another format, and this is their maybe. Um, yeah. remind yeah, me, what, is it Jizu Jitsu? What's what's the, yeah. the uh, oh man, gosh, I can't believe I forgot her name. The um, the two one, uh, Oni that puts a plus one flaming inspiration song, plus one overwhelm yeah, on Jizu. Okay, is it is it she's only on uh, she's only on Oni's, right? Yeah. Yeah, yep. so that would work. Because I mean, it it does cost one, right? So anytime you can make a three three for one power, that's you're kind of getting there. Um, and I guess it doesn't. Ha it says no. It says you or campus security. So yeah, it's either you're carrying it or yeah. So I mean, I guess it works with uh, Jizue. Yeah, but... that's an, that's an oni. So it's like yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just trying to see you like because there's really no. Because all the buffs from Minotaurs are just buffs. They're not weapons. Yeah, but I mean, you know, just that's another way to give it, like, plus attack stats, right? Like, yeah. Minotaur stuff. It's just, man, four is so much, dude. Oh. Yeah, I don't think you're ever really, like, actually... This was this was in Scion. And, like, I tried it there. And, it, and like, it it, it, it it plays about, I think, as you'd expect, which is to say, like, you're basically never activating this ability. Yeah, you gotta, like, develop like, like a four drop or something. And unless you have like a, you know, very low to the ground, and it's just something you do when you're, you know, out of gas because you're, you know, it's turn four or five, and you're probably top decking if you're that, you know, that kind of low to the ground deck. But yeah, that's your not opponent ideal situation. <laughs> your opponent can always just block something else, right? They're like, okay, well, I can't kill this, so I'll just block this instead or whatever. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair enough. Unfortunately, uh, campus security is uh, close to being a mall cop. Next up is Strict Professor. This is a 3-2 mage for 3 green. When Strict Professor attacks, play better than ever. Uh, and I'll look at that in a minute. And then summon, you may silence up to 2 enemy units that cost 2 or less. Alright, so better than ever. Each unit you played... Preview card provided by Old Rich here. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's right. I remember <laughs> it now. Each unit you Very played this turn gets a random battle skill. Yeah. See, and those type effects are just gonna get worse and worse as Eternal generates more and more uh, battle skills. You know what I mean? Like we already were okay. like, okay, you're low rolling on like Reckless or um, what was the other one that was bad? Was it Haste? When it's art, no, haste is always good because it's normally when it comes into play. That was another one that you weren't excited about. I don't remember which one now, but that's fine. Um, or like unblockable on a flyer or something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so... So when you play it, it obviously gives itself a battle. Oh, no, when it, no, it's when it attacks, okay? When it, it attacks, you get a random battle skill. So I think you just kind of, that's just icing on the cake. You just don't really worry about that. But the summon, you may silence up to two enemy units that cost two or less for a 3-2. So this thing is essentially a 3-2 vanilla. Yeah, like, yeah. Bad Falcon Forcer. And this, is, this has to be like a, a, a market card, right? Because I mean, silencing two, yeah. silencing two things is kind of relevant, right? 
but it can be. It also cannot can be no tech. Like if your opponent just doesn't play, yeah, two drops or the two drops are, you know, there because of the stats and don't even have abilities. Yeah, and it's just not impactful enough on its own to really do a thing. Like if the meta is nothing but like Geral and Kira again, maybe, but I don't really see that happening. Yeah. Anytime soon. Probably gonna run into a bunch of one-one dinosaurs to silence, honestly. Yeah, I mean, like that ABCDF deck, you know, has a lot of like one-two drops that you might want to silence, but I mean, you could also just play you better know, cards. Throw and play better card. Like this is a throw deck, so yeah, you just have better ways to deal with that. Yeah, for Maybe sure. If it ever does attack, it's it's probably not surviving past the first one. And- and it's like a mage, so it's like doesn't even go directly in like a battle skill deck because that's usually like unseen. Or gunslingers. Yeah, it's kind of it's like these last two cards are kind of annoying to me because of that. It's like they're both like incorrectly typed or whatever. It's like <laughs> come on, direwolf, get I your mean, tribes the right there for the mini set, but I mean, cards, dang it. no, really, it could have been an explorer as well. Yeah. All right. Anyway, that's fine. We won't we won't spend too much time on it. Uh, next up, volatile reaction. This is a spell for one blue. Deal four damage to an enemy unit, and four damage to yourself or one of your units. Uh, remind me if I'm. There's no enrage mechanic in Eternal, right? There's nothing like this thing took damage so rar. Not that I'm aware of. No, not yet. So you're just paying the paying the iron price for it costing one power and it's slow too. Yeah, I think this card is terabad, basically. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, because there was there was that one we saw in one of these campaigns, right? I forgot what it's called now, like breach the wall or something like that, or or break the defenses where it was like four damage at fast speed but it did two to you uh, right casualties of the cause or something yeah and that yeah, one yeah. that one didn't even see play at all either and that was only two damage and it was fast speed i think so this is just yeah i just don't I see a world cost, like more though right didn't it cost like three no i thought it was cheap yeah i can't remember but yeah that never saw play this it's like man Having a unit that can take four damage is not a trivial task. Right? Well, no. not not only that, but I mean, you're you're kind of opening yourself up for to upgrade your opponent's removal as well, right? If they're sitting there with a seer and you have a four five, and you're like, "Cool, I'll just hit my four five. They're like, "Sweet, the seer kills it now." I guess, like, I mean, hitting your face for four in a lot of situations is a little sketchy. But I mean, if you're, you know, if you're super aggro and you're kind of racing, like maybe this could be okay. But it's also slow, which is like, come on, sorry, so much downside. Can we at least get a fast one here? Yeah, for real. I mean, I, I guess I see what they're saying, right? It, it, you, the fact that you're paying for one, so if they play a two-one on turn one, you can kill it, and you'll that two-one was probably gonna get in for six or eight damage, so you're still ahead on damage. But I mean. 
a two drop or a one drop that gets four damage in is still pretty like yeah and it, it just i don't think it's worth the temple play either so what you could play a three drop and then kill their three drop in the same turn that's i don't know i, I yeah i don't like this card rich yeah if it was fast right and you could like play it in response to turn one contract uh dasher right like then yeah you're like <laughs> you're kind of okay but it's slow so like the thing already hit you for three yeah yep or you could use it in you know if it was fast you know if they play removal on your unit you could respond and <laughs> deal four damage to the there you go yeah like a weird devour effect sure yeah but Unfortunately, that's neither here nor there. I, I also nope. don't think people should play it. I mean, it's like there's not a one, but I, I don't like one ofs in Eternal, honestly. There's no like uh, damage reflection spell, right? Oh, you know what this is? This goes in that life swap deck, right? You just blast yourself with this thing like go. a bunch of times, and then you swap your life total <laughs> with your opponent. There you go. That's what it is. Got it. Okay. Fair enough. Next up is Lathry Marauder. Is it an elf? Okay, it is an elf. I was going to say, I was like, the artwork. Yeah. All right. It is a 3 1 elf warrior for two blue. Overwhelm. Summon. You may discard a card to play a 2 1 dark elf, blood hunt, or form bend. And let's go over it. So a dark elf is just simply a 2 1 for two. Bloodhunt, give one of your units killer and scout and or form bend, transform a unit or relic into an elemental with its strength and health equal to its cost. Man, this card is great. Yeah, this is a good one. This card is so freaking good. awesome. You just Very pitch exciting. like power you're not using or your uh, your uh, midnight haunting. And it's man, this is fantastic. I really like this card. It's high attack with overwhelm. It's low cost. You you get all three modes are relevant. You either get to kill something with killer. You just make another unit, or Formbed gets rid of some utility units, right? Things that are annoying, or a relic that's beating you down. This is man. This is a well designed card. Yeah, it's all those things. Like this was this was fun to play in Scion Draft too. Like it, like, and I was shocked. Like how just getting that extra like two one out tempo wise matters like so i think i think this one could get there i don't i haven't seen a deck that really makes it shine yet but like elves is always kind of almost there uh but maybe you know maybe just some just a card in, in any kind of aggro strategy could kind of get there yeah, uh, you're not wrong have fun with it yeah, it's solid. Nice. I, I've been doing slightly more degenerate things because um, I have this little pet deck of mine. It's a um, Felm self mill aggro-y combo. Yeah. But I, I've, I mean, having, you know, that deck doesn't have a whole lot of interaction and, in, you know, Marauder provides that. You know, if I need a turn two killer, I can put it on her or... You know, when I cheat out a shoal dredger nice and early and then give that killer. Yeah, and I, in a deck like that, you're also able to make use of the discard, right? Oh, yeah. I, excuse me. I, I recently integrated uh, Vargo um, after getting beat up by it on ladder. So I've, I've, I've gone turn two 
you know, Marauder, make a 2-1, discard Fargo, and then turn three, Haunting Scream Fargo. There you go. And then he sticks around because he doesn't die. And I, I've created a fantastic, dumb board state by turn three, thanks to Marauder. Oh, that's preposterous. Yeah, this card is really well designed. This is definitely one of the better designs they've done i like yeah i like everything about it yeah. you're you're not wrong john it, it really does feel like elves are just on the cusp of always being like playable but they just don't get enough tools um how how are they going to make this one like correctly typed and mess up those last cards so much <laughs> yeah one it, other thing i, I think is, is very exciting about marauder i i think it's like the the beginning of a cycle because you know Steyer's eyes you know Mono, Justice, two drop, discard something, has a battle skill, you get three options to do something like that. Oh, yeah. A little roll cycle of yeah. drops. Future. All right, so let's just go ahead and say that the Shadow one's going to be busted, and mm-hmm. you, <laughs> the Shadow one lets you, uh, what is it? Ah, man, what is it with me and names right now? The, uh, the Thoughtsies, look at their hand, get rid of a card. Uh, exploit. exploit exploit there you go exploit annihilate and uh devour there you go oh my gosh that sounds ridiculous <laughs> wait let's see so uncommon uncommon no wait devour is a common yeah well, these are all common so it can't it can't get exploit because exploits are rare so uh pilfer maybe pilfer or uh what's the what's one of the common discard cards oh well that's fine that's fine we're not we don't work for direwolf we're not gonna give him free ideas <laughs> there you go except for the scion drafting adding these to scion draft that was great good job guys 100 all right next up is gravity field this is a relic for four blue blue when or correction, your most recently played unit has plus two, plus two, and flying. Blue, blue, when gravity field goes to your void. Wait, when gravity field goes to your... Oh, if you have double blue influence, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, when gravity field goes to your void, the top unit of your deck is flying. Eh. It's worth... Yeah. I don't know if it's... I don't know if it's worth four, though, because, like... It encourages you to like potentially not play a unit until they kill that one or they kill your relic. Oh. <laughs> Did you ever play with that site? Uh, endless steps. Yeah, endless steps with all the enduring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking of when I saw like, this card too. I misplayed. I think every time I tried to play that stupid site because of that like <laughs> most recently played clause. Yeah, I, I yeah too yeah. Too much for me. My brain can't handle it. Yeah, I'm with you. That that right, I'm right there with you. Yep, I don't like. It. Yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> like, I now, think this, this is like close to being like a playable card, despite the cost. Especially if you can do some interesting stuff with like that discarding, but it's like, I don't know, man. Like, I'm, you know, it's like, if you're playing this in a deck like with Jarrell or something like that, and you like happen to do the milling. What's to, you know, like, what if you're attacking with two draws and then the thing, you know, the next thing that had flying just gets ditched to the void anyway? It's like, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I don't know how often that can really come up. 
so question this thing is uh i don't know what the correct term for it is but it 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 works retroactively as well right it doesn't have to be a unit you played after this is on the battlefield right. okay so you could essentially play this and the unit that you already have on the battlefield becomes a flyer right yeah okay yep just i don't think it changes much i just wanted to make sure of that um yeah I, I, yeah, it's just too risky. I mean, I could definitely, I, I know me. I know I can't play this because I'll 100% like get in there and be like, oh, okay, cool, I could do this. And then I'll play this guy and then this will happen and then play it and be like, oh, crap, my guy lost flying. And like, right. I, I, yeah, I, yep. I personally am not a fan of cards like this because I just don't have the brain power to play it correctly. Um, yeah, you make a very good point. The enduring steps for sure are endless steps. So yeah, I don't, I don't, and man, four. That's quite a bit to pigeonhole your stuff. I mean, what you play this and what's the uh, uh, the married couple, the 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 two giants that uh, yeah, you just is that what you do? You play them and then play this, and now your opponent just can't get to you. Mm, uh, I mean, I mean that's something, but um. With, with the cards we're going to see in the future with um, a lot of Relic 8 going on, I, I don't think that's really sustainable right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. All right. Gravity Field is uh, not, not making the cut. Next up is Event Horizon. This is a spell for two Shadow. Unleash, and which of course means every time you play it, you get a copy of it in your hand until end of turn. Sacrifice a relic to draw two cards. So there is a Relic Matters Sacrifice deck, right? It's showed up from time to time, mainly unlimited, but it has been a thing in Constructed. Oh, that's what I was thinking about Gravity Field. That's right. If, uh, yeah, that was the other question I wanted to ask real quick, retroactively. Uh, it, do when the cards that care about relics go into the graveyard or the void? Does, it, does this card count? No, right? All of them, they have to be from play. No, um, yeah. I mean, just the way Gravity Field is, is where it is, as long as you have double primal, it just has to go to the void. No, 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 no. I I, I mean, for like the cards that care about no, relics no. going to the void. No, like, like, uh, like that, the, in the current draft format, the 1 4, like, it doesn't have to have been in play, you know, like, if you manage to just discard a relic with uh, Rivet's Wrench or something. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, because I know, like, Consuming Greed has to actually eat the Relic, but I wasn't yeah, sure if, like, uh, other cards. Too, yeah. yeah, that is the one cool thing about Eternal, that a lot of, you know, milling counts as drawing and discarding and stuff like that. So there, there's a lot of hidden synergies there. Uh, it was just something I was thinking about. Okay, so, I mean... So there are potential decks where they can, this can go into, right? You can put it into a ramp deck where you ramp with relics and then later on when you don't need the ramp anymore, like you've, you've got enough natural power, you can start turning them into cards. And you may not necessarily go down a card if you can unleash, if you can cast this twice off the unleash, right? You're not necessarily playing this early, but I don't know, is this too too clunky? Uh, I, Yeah, I think... I think this is mostly like a cheeky combo card of sorts. Um, I, I've tried it in like a relatively fair just relic spam 
you know, Aurelian deck, and it was, like, interesting, but, like, kept almost decking myself uh, <laughs> before I could, like, kill my opponent. Um, I, you know, if you're if you're playing, like, what are, what, what are all those relics, like, uh, bottled inside uh, Waystone game-type relics? Yep. Um, yeah, the ones that give you like something when they get destroyed, yeah. Like, another enabler for those kind of cards. Um, that's interesting, you know? It's, like, pretty potent in something like that. Um, but a lot of times, you don't really care about drawing more because, well, one of those cards draws cards anyway, and, like, you know, you want your giants to get through, so, like, something like Lobotomy affecting the board immediately, like, killing, you know, their best unit while helping you deploy your giant, like... So much more useful. Yeah, it just seems like those kind of effects are a little more useful in the moment. Like, this one can help you dig for other stuff, like, maybe you just have to tweak your deck a little bit. I, I think this is, like, interesting. Interesting build round. Mm-hmm. Rich, anything yeah. to add before we move on? Yeah, I mean, it being a, a two-cost card with Unleash, I, I think is a, a little scary. I mean, I don't think it's, you know, something to worry about right now, but, you know, probably in the future of Eternal as they print, you know, more relics and, you know, buffs and nerfs happen, it'll probably do something dumb one day, would be my yeah. guess. I'm they, gonna they be keep never, close they eye on it. The card again, like uh, what's the what's the charging fire of face relics? Like oh, um, flame stoker is that it? No, no, no. Uh, from the from the mini set, like a few sets ago, it was like they they nerfed it to where oh the uh minesweeper, my, deep diver. Yeah, the diver. Yeah, league explorer. League explorer. Yes, yeah, so, like they can never have a card just spamming relics like that ever again <laughs> yeah like that one's already nerfed but now now they now they really can never do that again yeah which is unfortunate because that's actually one of the things i liked the people that were able to kind of capitalize on it making relics every turn versus yeah, just the straight damage i thought that was kind of neat that you you know front side of it you know front side of it you you just capitalize on making a bunch of relics to do extra damage and you're just kind of aggroing your opponent out. And then the flip side, the people that thought outside the box was like, okay, how can we take advantage of it making a relic every turn? So I thought that was neat. Oh, yeah. It's unfortunate that one had to get nerfed. But yeah. it, it was necessary, I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. All right. Next up in our fa our last monocolor card is Mischievous Student. Mischievous Student is a 1-3 mage for 2 Shadow, shadow, ambush, summon. You may swap a unit's strength and health. Doesn't have to be your opponent's, doesn't have to be yours. It could be any of them. It is instant speed or uh, ambush. And I mean, so we've seen this spell in play plenty of times. Sometimes it makes play in limited, never really in constructed, but you do get a body with it this time. That being said, I still don't think it's worth making the cut in constructed because. I mean, it just isn't. <laughs> so, I mean, I think yeah. this card's cute. It's it's a well-designed, but the flavor's there. The cost seems fair. Everything works out okay. I mean, the thing is, because you can even swap itself, right? It, bare minimum floor on this guy becomes a 3-1 and then blocks their 3-3. So there's that. Um, yeah, but there's like, you know, the 
ambush that like lets you steal your opponent's best card in their market, for example. Yeah, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like so much more powerful. And it's yeah. an elf. This one's a mage. Yeah. I mean, the flip side to that, John, right, is the fact that it is, that card is a rare, I believe, and an older card. So this at least accommodates that slot for newer players that may not have a big collection yet. Maybe. I mean, I don't think you're playing it. I think it's not powerful enough. It's a well-designed card, but not every card is going to be a banger, and this one's just not one. This one would be okay in a normal draft format. This one, this one was a sad card in Scion. It was this was in Scion drafting as well. It was just yeah. like it, it was not impactful enough, like ever. Yeah, I I agree with everything. It's like just a normal. A, just a just a normal normal card. <laughs> yep. All right, let's move on then. Next up, which looks absolutely amazing in premium, Collision Course. This is a spell for three Rockano. Inscribe, love it already. Give a unit plus three, plus three, taunt, and overwhelm this turn. I mean, I, yeah, this, it's in a, I think it's fine, right? Early in the game, you can inscribe, it's fixing, it's power, and then later in the game, it does the two things, it does all three things like you, that you want it to do, right? I, I can't complain about what it's doing. It, plus three, plus three is a decent size. It makes it to where, a unit that wasn't able to attack can attack it gives taunt so you can either force a kill so you can essentially remove one of your opponent's units that's in the way or put it on a smaller <laughs> creature to let your bigger guys get through and then putting on your bigger guy the overwhelm makes a difference and then tertiary like the plus three three plus three plus three could make it to where you put it on your one one it's a four four and now it kills something anyways while letting your other guys through i like this card I mean, going once again, I don't think this is a meta-breaking card, but I like it. I think it's solid. I could see this being like a two-of in Rockano decks as fixing, and then just kind of additional... It takes the spot of... It, obviously, it can't take the spot of an actual power in Eternal because you're minimum 25, but maybe where you would run the Cargos or the Seek Powers or something like that, this would be a one or two-of inclusion. Uh, I don't know. What do you think, Rich? I like it. I've uh, I've used it a little bit, and I've always been happy to cast it when I need to. And I mean, you know, obviously, you know, Ricano, it's you know going to be an aggressive deck. I kind of think of it like um, I think it's Shugo Standard was the the red power that would transform into a combat trick, and and that was you know playable for for quite a while, you know, some time ago, and. This is cheaper than that, you know, for you know a slightly smaller buff, but you are never forced into it transforming if you actually want to, you know, hold up the power or you draw it later and you're missing a pip instead of being forced into a combat trick. So I, I think it's a pretty, pretty decent card. Probably find some more room for it somewhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. John, I don't have a lot to hide. I've played with it. It seemed pretty solid. Like, even though it's like slow, it like doesn't really matter because of the combination of effects. It's like really nice. It's like a, I think it's balanced, but sometimes it just lets you eat something like just barely while pushing damage and stuff. Like, and it's a power. Yeah, I like it. I, I think this this will find a home. Like, 
at least of a two as a two of like kind of like you said. All right. Yeah. Next up, Arcanum Corridors. This is a relic for three Combray. When you play a unit, it is invulnerable to damage until the start of your next turn. Summon, play slow. Slow, double the cost of a card in an enemy player's hand. Man, I want to like this card because it definitely plays well into Combray where you just want to play beaters and have them swing. I don't know if it's, I don't know if the combination of those two things are worth a three cost relic, right? Because it effectively does nothing. And it's only until the, the uh, wait, until the start of your next turn. So, the, so they can't kill something at the end of your turn and they can't kill something on their turn. Now, actually, I take that back. It's not indestructible. It's invulnerable to damage. So they could still board wipe it. Yeah, yeah, I'm off of it. I don't like it. Like, it lets you block with your dudes that you play every turn without yeah. worrying too much about combat. But other than that, what is this? Occasionally, slow can be impactful, but sometimes it doesn't matter at all. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't like this card. It's a really expensive slow that, I mean, just gives you free chump blockers, you know, temporarily. Yeah. yeah. Assuming they don't, you know, use actual removal. I, I think that's like a bad position to put yourself in, you know, depending on the combat, you know, to, to stop the damage. You yeah. Your opponent has nothing. And slow is very particular on what it's good with, right? It's 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 not going to help against an aggressive deck. It really, what you want slow to do is essentially double something that costs four, like five or six, where now it's borderline unplayable. So right, all right, yeah. Let's move on. Next up is Celestial Discovery. This is a fastball for three Elysian. Draw two cards. If you have two relics, draw two cards on top. Wait, draw two of the top four cards of your deck instead. Put the rest on the bottom. Mm, I mean, baseline, pay three, draw two at fast speed. So that's fine, right? We're, we're comfortable with running that. And then it's got the upside where it gives lets you dig a little bit deeper and get some card selection. I think this card's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. It's, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah it's playable. Yeah, exactly. It very much a it, it's got that wisdom of the elders. I mean, it's exactly that. But yeah, it, it, it's it's fine. You're gonna play it. You're happy to play it. It's got some upside if you're a legion, you know. So you're still gonna play it early because it still always just draws you two cards. And then later in the game, if you're doing the relic thing, then you get some added bonus. Yeah, this card's fine. I think a good card that doesn't have a good home yet. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't think you know. The relics part is, you know, even, you know, very necessary to play it. Because, I mean, if you're in a lesion and you're in, like, some three-faction build, then, then you don't have to play Wisdoms you know, of the Elders and, and worry about the double primal pip on that. And, you know, you know, having one time and one primal, you know, for me at least, feels easier than trying to get double pips in something when I'm running, like, three, four factions or whatnot, so... I think it has some upsides, and you don't have to worry about the relics. It's, it's just a nice, you know, cherry on top if you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alrighty. Fair enough. So, this is the discovery. You are solid. Next up, Containment Sphere. This is a relic for one Xenon. Uh, inscribe. 
Units can't leave voids. Summon. The enemy player discards the top unit of their deck. Eh? I mean, I don't even think... I think... Obviously, this is a market card, if at all. And I don't even think it's that good for that either. I mean, someone discarded the top card of their deck. So, I mean, you're the waiting for... unit. Or a top... Okay, top unit. Okay. All right. Yeah, good point. Uh, eh? Like it's a it's an inscribe, you know, two two faction inscribe, and it's a relic for one. So, like I've already brewed with this. Like I I, I did a relic spam deck. This this was actually like a solid enabler for that because of the one cost relic. That's mm -hmm. also a power. It's like sometimes you can just play it and draw with Event Horizon or whatever. Like I I think I think this is like an interesting inscribe card. Uh, I think I think it might find a, a home, which is probably not in any tier one deck or anything, but it's it's kind of fun actually. <laughs> so it's like an interesting combination of you know things on on it. Like it's pretty unique, and it almost has enough going on. Right, like, I think it's fun. But like on this one, you want by default to just inscribe it, right, or no? Do what? But by default, you want to more you more often want to inscribe this than anything else, right? Or no? Yeah, like if it's in your opening hand, probably. Mm. Yeah. But I mean, you're not losing your your relic matters type of deck. Yeah. It's interesting. Like fair. I don't like I I wasn't really playing it with any regard to the units can't leave voids or like even the even the summon effect. Although, you know, that's like. Actually, if if you play like one or two of these early, like your opponent like never gets to draw like their their units. Like if they kept a sketchy opening hand, like that could actually do something. But really, it was just like the cheap relic that's a power kind of effects. Mm -hmm. That's that's what I wanted it for. Gotcha. Rich yeah, even I mean, that. It's not, it's not very exciting not for me, but I mean it. It, it serves a purpose, you know, it, it's something for non, you know, justice decks or, you know, Xenon based decks to, you know, have some void hate since you, you know, are not playing gavel. Um, or, you know, this would have been real fun to have, you know, before reanimator got, you know, the big nerf. Well, actually, it only stops units. That doesn't even affect Contra. So I take that back. <laughs> um, I'm, yeah. If you're doing a build around like you know John mentioned, that's you know, probably worth a home then because you can make use of it being a one drop relic. But I'm, yeah, it's probably just a bad substitute if you're just trying to limp by without gavel as an option. Um. Yeah. Okay. Next up, <laughs> Mila, 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 Mila. Let's go, with Mila. Mila Exchange, huh? Mila sounds good. Yeah. Mila Exchange Student is a Tinker Mage, 1 1 for 4 Huru. Inscribe, summon, Winvoke. Is it still Winvoke and Constructed, John? No, right? It's just Invoke and Constructed? Uh. <laughs> I don't know. It still feels pretty Winvokey to me. All right. Winvoke Huru. So either a green or a prime, uh, Justice or Primal uh, card. When you play a spell, Mila gets plus three, plus three this turn. 
<sighs> I mean, <sighs> I like the sum of its parts, right? You yeah. get a card right off the bat off of it. Potentially one that you could really use. You can inscribe her if you need to. She go plays really well with instant speed counter well, maybe not counter spells, but draw. Uh, removal counter like I it just uh paying four power for a one one. Uh it's just such a liability. And like what is it what is she gonna do against aggro decks? Like they can't attack into her, but you also have to untap with her. I don't, I don't like I wanna like her, but I don't know. I mean she goes great with bounce effects, right? If you could sit there and just keep playing her and then like bounce um bouncers to keep windboking. I mean obviously bouncing her defeats the purpose uh, you know, you can't block. Uh, I guess you could. I don't know. I'm talking to myself in circles now because I'm like, if you bounce her, you get the plus three, plus three, but it doesn't do anything because she doesn't block or she blocked already. Uh, my brain's starting to hurt. John, save me. Yeah, I, I like you said, I like the sum of its parts. Uh, I don't know. I, I've, I've tried to brew with this a little bit. Uh, Huru control, like, in Throne didn't seem very well positioned. Um, I haven't really tried it yet in Expedition, but, like, maybe. Um, or you know maybe one day in throne as well but i don't know I, i've definitely seen like control master the bergen playing this as well like he you know he, he saw the same thing in it that i did i think like like oh this could get there but with with the the creation project like aggro meta it was it was pretty rough out there rich Did we lose you? Oh, sorry. Can you still hear me? Yes. My bad. It's all uh, good. It's yeah, the way I'm of not... podcasting. At some point, you always forget. You put yourself on mute. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm not very excited about Mila. Um, just like you said, all the downsides of 1-1 one, one for 4, or, or even waiting till 5 to play it so you can you know, leave up some protection or something if you're in Huru Kira, but I feel like, and you have to do it like, well, like, no, you don't have to do a pre-combat. And I, I don't know. I'm, I'm low on it. I'm maybe someone can find some way to make it good, but it probably won't be me. Alrighty. Next up, we have Dire Wood Pack. This is a three-three wolf for four felon. Aegis, Deadly, Inscribe. When another unit dies, Direwood Pack gets plus one, plus one. Man, I really want to like this card. I really do. I just don't know if it makes the cut. Like, it's got protection on itself. It's deadly, so it's always going to trade for something. It's got Inscribe, so in a pinch. Oh, man. And then it just gets bigger if you're a removal deck, which Felm decks typically are. And it just says another unit. It doesn't have to be your opponent's or your. It could be either. Like, you can kill your opponent's units and or you can be a sacrifice deck to fuel this thing, which Veln does do. And it goes great with Quick Draw because it has Deadly. Oh, man. I really want to like this card, but for some reason, I don't think it's going to make an impact. Oh, man. Rich, what, uh, what do you think? I'm... I'm still trying to work with this card. I I wanna been trying to fit it into my Felm self you know self mill deck. 
Um, and, and something that was a pleasant surprise, even though I read, you know, when another unit dies, it, it didn't dawn on me until I was playing with that. That means the opponent's units too, which which was fantastic. I had like a, I think it was like an 8-8. Eight, eight. It's, it's nigh unstoppable at that point. It's great. So. But, you know, I've, I've had some other times where he doesn't do much or he's, you know, I, I top deck him and he's out there all by himself so he can't grow. Yeah, so he's not faultless, but I'm still trying to find a way to really maximize his potential. I just a really fun card to play with all around, honestly. Fair enough. John? Yeah, I, I agree. And also haven't found a great home for it, but man, it's just like, the fact that it's an inscribe, just, it's just so solid. Like, surely this will see some play. Right? Oh, um, a fun fact, uh, grabbing uh, Direwood Pack with Grenahan when you need power, it feels really good. Oh, sick. I like that. I like that. Yeah, oh man, I like the artwork on it. Everything seems good. It seems just a little odd, honestly, if I could flavor-wise that it doesn't have Unleashed just because it's a pack. And right. it, like it, it fits, it checks all the boxes for what they put Unleash on, right? All of them were like mobs or packs or teams and this and that. And a wolf pack is perfect flavoring, you know? I mean, and this thing costing four, right? I don't think it would have been completely broken to give it on leash. So, I don't know. I agree. That would have been sweet. Yeah, so there you go, Direwolf. Maybe in the next set of buffs, just for flavor buffs, right? I mean, I guess the broken thing is that you could... No, even then. Yeah, okay, I, I could see why. Because of the inscribe. I think that's why they couldn't give it on leash. Because then you just always play your fifth power on... You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, not your fifth power, because you already played your power for that turn. But I guess, like, afterwards, right? It always... Yeah, so I guess that would be, like, the slightly broken part of it. Man. Whatever. Yeah. All right. Next up, a card that is all over everywhere. Uh, The Creation Project. This is a relic for three creations. So, Fire, Time, uh, Justice. Your units have plus one, plus one. At the start of your turn, the top card of your deck gets warp this turn. All right, talk to me, uh, Rich. What do you what, what, talk to me about Creation Project? Oh man, there's so much to say, but I'm pretty sure everyone out there has, has felt this card's wrath at some point. It's just, yeah, I mean, it's a bonkers card. It's a cheaper Xenon obelisk that gives you pseudo card draw if, if things on the top of your deck line up well enough especially if you stack more creation projects on top of more creation projects you get like you know, two warps since it passes down to the next card like it's just and, and there's so many different builds you can take with it i've seen you know like abundance builds non-abundance aggressive builds i've seen mid-range control like it's just literally everywhere john what about you buddy yeah this is a sweet card uh i think it it really enables archetypes that couldn't successfully exist until this card came out so 
I think this is like a big win for Direwolf kind of pushing some new archetypes. Um, but yeah, it's it's another one of these cards that's just like it's so good and also so popular and like it doesn't really even ask that much of you from a deck building perspective that it's become like instantly everywhere, right? Um, we'll see how it does in the tournament this weekend. Um, you know, whether it'll be like overrepresented on like day two or anything that's that remains to be seen. But I think it's, you know, it's like a fun card, but it's just like when you see it like over and over and over, it can get a little grating, I guess. But I, I think it's a sweet card. Um, and yeah, it's in the right like, colors, too. Yeah, it, I mean, like these, this is the creation colors, right? Like this, this hasn't really been a good combination of colors for quite some time. So this is since like, uh, Zoltan Arcanum, yeah, Zoltan exactly. Temple, yeah, yeah, Akaria Gold decks like a couple years ago. <laughs> but this, you know, this lets you just like literally spam one drops and and you know have a fun good deck like. And like Rich, like like Rich mentioned, these things like stack, right? So it's like such a good main deck card. Where like at first glance, you you might not really see that, but it sure is. Insanely good. Yeah. Like when I first saw it, like I knew it was going to be good, but like I I honestly underestimated just like how good it was going to be and just how popular it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to Summoner Savant. This is a 2 2 mage for three instinct, right? Instinct? Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, Fire Time Primal. When Summoner Savant attacks, you may play a unit from your hand. All right. So, how broken is this card, John? Like, are you able to just drop some. Uh, kiln fiends or not kill fiends uh great kiln bro literally what is wrong with me and names today i can't remember a single card sweet baby jesus great kiln titan thank you thank you yeah you can do that um it's like it, it looks just like it looks super powerful on the surface but it's like it's Magical one of these cards Christmas. where you know each each individual game, it's just like hit or miss, right? The 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 pieces need to like align, like for you to like get this guy out, get an attack in, and have the card you're trying to cheat out in your hand at the right time. Mm -hmm. So, like, it just seems like it should be broken, but it's really not. Like on average, just because of the way the games play out, right? Like. And they have a whole turn to react to it. Well, maybe. There's a lot of ways to for one cost to give this guy charge and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair. So, like, that's not really... Like, even even if that's, like, a trivial task, you know, to give this guy charge and attack the turn you play him or whatever, like, it still has to line up, like, your draws and whatever. Like, your hand sculpting needs to be on point or your luck. Mm-hmm. For this to like you know even really do much so like i've brewed with this obviously and i've definitely done some busted things and every time like you know i'll just lose to 
just an average run out every once in a while from from an opponent. It's like, man, this deck did nothing. You know, it feels like like anytime I try and play like ramp decks where it's like a bunch of mana dorks and a bunch of expensive stuff, it's like so many times you just draw the only the one side of your deck and you're just like, why am I doing this to myself? <laughs> would it would it be broken if it put the unit in the play attacking? Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, not, it, it wouldn't be broken. It would just be like so much more hardcore like when it's popping off. Like, I don't think that's necessary. A lot, a lot of these cards are so powerful or impactful just being in play, right? Like, mm -hmm. you mentioned Great Kiln Titan. Like, that that gives you value like, at the end of your turn. Kairos is an insane one to just cheat out. Um, Scourge. Yeah, Scourge of Frost Home. Like, things like that. Like, um, Shimmer Pack is a fun one. You know, th there's, but it's like, some of those, you know, you need the right board state. Some of them, you know, are are kind of game winning against some matchups on the spot, and sometimes they're not. It's like just depends on what deck your opponent's on. Sometimes, um, but yeah, like you can really just lose to yourself a lot. So I don't think this is like too powerful or anything. It's a it's a fun build around card. Rich, anything that? Yeah, no, I mean, not really anything to add. It's, you know, my experience pretty much the same as John's. I also proved with it dropping, you know, turn four Kairos Scourge. It's just, you know, I'm not letting anyone else have any fun. I have fun. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, um, yeah, I had high hopes for it because I, I like doing broken things. But, it, yeah, I mean, it's really just a roll of these dice, really, just to get everything lined up and like I, I built a deck it was basically a glass cannon deck that you know you know savant or bust and it was still wildly inconsistent fair so. i i could believe it i could believe it. it's definitely a fun card uh next up ultimatum hopefully they man that's a pretty good word to blow on a card it better be worth it ultimatum and the artwork's kind of cool too uh, is a spell for three menace, so fire, primal, shadow. The enemy player must choose. Oh, gosh darn it. I'm already off of it. Mother, son of a. Ah, the enemy player chooses what's best for them. You draw a card of your choice from their hand or transform eight random cards in their. What? Oh, my God. This card's just horrible. Yeah, this is no. It's calling this ultimatum is just like a, a slap in my face because like you know in, in magic the gathering like grix's colors and ultimatums it's like that's what that is like my happy place oh my god this is so bad dude they burned ultimate they like literally p sully was okay with them burning ultimatum on this like it makes sense <laughs> to call it that if you're if you ignore like the history of cards names ultimatum in other games, you know, like, cause you're giving, you know, you're giving them an ultimatum. Like, let me see your hand or choke on these fire bombs, maybe. But ultimatum, it just feels like such a powerful word. And yeah, yes. I mean, the ultimatums from magic definitely influence that, but it's just such a, you know, whenever you give someone an ultimatum, it's kind of like a final verdict. Yes. You're giving them a choice, but uh, like, sure. You just always take the fire bombs, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, so it's not even, it's like a fake toys anyway. Yeah, that, that's the thing. Like it's just, uh, it's just. <laughs> I'm, I'm Wait, sure. So hold, hold, hold on a second. Hold on a second. So one qu Okay, no, never mind. Okay, never mind. I saw it in the tool text. So it was like I noticed that this doesn't say that it it removes influence requirements, but it's just a, a generic blanket statement. Anytime you steal a card, it, it removes it. Okay. Um. Yeah. It, oh, all right. Let's just move on. Oh my God. That. Yes. People out there, just this, but just always take the fire bombs and call it a day. Yeah. Oh my God. Ugh. <laughs> stars star charts is uh power that's nice fate uh once per game what was fate again is that when you draw it when you draw it, it does, something. does something when you draw it okay it's been such a long time <laughs> once per game if you did not go first create and draw a power burst okay that's kind of cool yeah it's cool except yeah. it's, a, it's like a factionless power yeah exactly it goes in any deck but it also doesn't help those decks with influence. So, but I mean, it kind of semi deals with the the the, the initiative that you get or the momentum from going first. So that's kind of neat, right? I like I like exploring that design space uh, because yeah, like I I feel like on average going first is like too big of an advantage. Like any you know any way they can smooth that out is is interesting, possibly good for the game, but. This is just the fact that this doesn't give you influence pigeonholes it to where you're literally only going to play it if you're you know playing a deck with like petition and plays as a one of or whatever and I don't know if mm -hmm. that's ever worth it or just you know playing like an actual factionless payoff deck right yeah I think it's neat because I think everyone that's played Eternal has definitely felt those games or experienced those games where they would have won if they weren't on the draw right. They had the removal, they had the creatures to stabilize or something, they were just a turn behind and it just cost them the game. Or yep. or vice versa, right? They the control player, because they went first, they had the removal spell for your creature every time and you never got the chance to attack. So Yeah, it's 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 a neat card. It's cool. I like it. Our final card in this expansion is Dean's Chamber. This is a relic for two factionless. Units can't use summon or contract abilities, so they slapped the um, what's it? The great nullifier. What uh, is it? Grand suppressor. Grand suppressor. They slapped it on a relic, which is kind of nice. Makes it, it it's got its plus and minuses, right? A relic is slightly more resilient than a cre a unit, but a unit also means that you get to do something than it just sit on the board, not necessarily doing anything. So. I mean, it's fine. No, I, I think this is a market card, right? I, the fact that it's I, an actual, the fact that it's an actual relic that potentially could do nothing. I mean, I guess the flip side is you could break it, right? You can run it, and you, we saw the suppressor in decks where uh, your units not having to trigger their summon effects were was quite relevant as well, right? You just play the units that have the downside summon effect to kind of balance them out. So there is that. Uh, I don't know. That being said, I don't know if it's worth a card in any deck outside of that, personally. Like I said, I, I did put some weight on the 2-3 body of Suppressor. What do you think, Rich? I really like this card, actually. I, I like it better than Grand Suppressor, honestly. Um, 
So, you know, a small upside for Dean's Chamber is, is the, it, it suppresses contract abilities, which is a nice bonus that Suppressor doesn't do. Um, so there's some give and take there. Um, I and ran it, like, all four copies of this main, and, like, either two or three grand suppressors, but, you know, um, you know based on abusing the, the fact. Um, uh, like, there's that, uh, I can't remember the name of it. It's, uh, like, double primal, it's four costs, seven, six, and uh, when you play it, you're supposed to give your opponent oh, an eye of winter. Yeah, that one. Um, I was running him, Belax, and um, a few others, and I don't know what's it's a four cost relic now. Uh, sling, I ran it with sling too, but I, I still got to sling my opponent's units down because that's not a summon or a contract. So it, it's fun. Yeah. I mean, it works. It's it's the deck I ran to to masters this month, just you know messing around, and it it was you know shockingly effective. No kidding. Post the list in the Discord. I want to try it. Uh, yeah, actually, I did the other day. You can go, well, in our team channel, not like that. Gotcha. Yeah, I was running the Argentport list you posted, but it doesn't take much to sell me on Argentport. Anywho, yeah, and then going back to, like, John's earlier statement, right, as well, as you can play it in your deck, and if it doesn't do anything, you always have sacrifice synergies to get your value off of it on the back end. So, I could see that. Um, do you have anything else on uh, on it, Rich? Before we swing swing it over to John. Oh no, that's that's about it. I mean, it's just I'm a big fan. I like it. John, yeah, I don't really have much to add either. Like, I, th I think uh, you know it's essentially four more copies of Suppressor, so it makes kind of Suppressor Builder on decks a little more consistent, which mm -hmm. that's fine. It's interesting. Like, people were definitely trying to do black sling stuff when it was just Suppressor. And that was like a little iffy, and maybe the, you know, maybe this makes that a little better. But I think, you know, Sling is no longer the boogeyman it once was anyway. Um, but man, like getting hosed by can't you summon can sure be annoying. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. This is like a powerful effect. Um, but right, like when when it's like a relic meta it's hard to run cards like this and have them stick, right? Like if everyone's packing relic removal for like creation project, well, your, your little Dean chamber deck is going to be like collateral damage there. Right. Mm -hmm. so. well, sometimes, I mean, if they're relying on things like Marbuck to, to do the relic removal. I mean, Dean's chamber just stops that immediately. So yeah, I, I don't see like a ton of spells or, or, you know, when I do, they usually have to, go to their market for for their relicate uh, it's I mean, true like depending on the format some some of them are contract or summon effects <laughs> that they're that they're hoping will work on on the relic but i don't know i, mean, I even saw like a few creation lists that like they were running dean's chamber with their creation project for like you know to to tech the mirror yeah i think that's kind of interesting but i don't know so, some you know creation project decks don't necessarily care for or against some effect you know it's like just depends on the build completely oh yeah there's so many ways you can slice it yeah it's like it's like sling where it doesn't itself actually do any summon or contract yeah so like that's that's kind of interesting at least yeah 
Cool. Fair enough, man. Well, that is a wrap, guys. That actually is the entire campaign there. So not very exciting overall, in my opinion. Some definitely cool cards for sure. But and that's typically what we do see from these campaigns. So let's go ahead and, and actually ask the question that is a little more relevant, right? Because if we go... It, I guess there, man, it's kind of tough actually because you have you have access to all the campaigns at all times. This is obviously not. I'm trying to think. I guess. All right, let me just go ahead and ask it. So, starting with you, Rich, if you were a new player, you had a limited collection, uh, and a scale from one to five, five being the highest and one being the lowest. What priority would you give for newer players to pick up this campaign for their collection? Hmm, man, that's, uh, that's a tough question for me. It's been a while since I've been in that position. Um, well, let me see off the top of my head. I mean, there is, well, I, I guess the easiest way to simplify would be how excited are you for this campaign versus like, I don't know, what was one of the broken ones? I guess the Zoltan one was kind of broken, right? Um, I, I'd give this like a three and a half or maybe even four like there's a lot of new and exciting stuff going on in this one and some new design spaces being pushed um that, well not you know like a push card but you know, like with star charts and uh, doing the fate you know another fate card on on a power or and the new inscribe which i think would be a big help to newer players if you know if their multi-faction power is hurting there's all these inscribes that you know, m most of them are, you know, you know, decent and playable. So, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, around three and a half or four, so somewhere in that range for me. And they could just sit there and all give their opponents ultimatums. Yeah. <laughs> John, what about you? Where, where, what priority would you give this one for new players? I, I think relatively low because it's just not like it's not like a bunch of overtly powerful cards. Like I think. If you really, if if you're, you know, you want to play a creation project deck, then obviously you prioritize it. Uh, if you want to, you know, a, a, as a new player, I don't think, I don't think the like brewing prospects are really there for the most part because you have to have like a collection around the brewing, right? So, mm -hmm. like, for a newer newer player perspective, I don't know that this is like high priority set, right? Like. It also depends on if they're going for throne or expedition, right? Like the the most recent set is obviously always going to be in expedition, the longest from the moment it releases, right? So there is that, but like I think creation project, I don't think it's like an unfair card, but I think it might get a little nerfed at some point. Yeah. And, and and there's and nothing else that's really quite that. Just, that power level really. Yeah. Like I like the set, but for a player, like I think it's too high. Yeah, probably not like critically needed for. Yeah, I think competition purposes, unless yeah. you want to be a creation project, like John said. Yeah, fair enough. I, I think it's a very fair campaign. Uh, I think there's some good cards, but the good cards are just good. They're not anything broken and then there's definitely some some swings and misses but we see that from any set slash campaign or mini set or whatnot so 
Yeah, I, I'm probably with John on this one. I think this one's kind of a low priority. There's nothing really that's going to help your collection too much. And then I, there's really like no point in mentioning it for older players just because they either have the gold laying around or they always get them or they don't get them at all. And, you know, they can pick and choose and whatnot. And plus, but yeah, there's definitely other campaigns out there that I think have a lot more to kind of up your, your card quality of your collection. So, but yeah, I, I definitely think Marauder, Lathrae Marauder and, and Direwood Pack are, are the winners for me in this set. And Collision Course, I think. I think those are just all-around solid cards that would happily go in your collection. Creation Project is good, but it is a, a bit of a builder. Maybe not. I don't know. But, all right. Well, that will do it here. We'll call it a wrap here. Uh, John, as always, thanks for being on the show and hanging out with me, man. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. Fun as always. Rich, thanks for taking the time and adjusting your schedule to be on the show, man. It's great having you. Fantastic insight. Appreciate you. Big contribution to the team. Uh, just constantly throwing your brews and feedback in there. So thanks for coming on the show, man. Hey, thank you for the invite. This is uh, this has been very fun. Very, very exciting to be here. Kind of, kind of a little trippy hearing this in, in live person and instead of waiting to listen to the new episode that come out so yeah this is this is great thanks for having me yep well and just in case if you do end up listening to this in the background or something like that if low rich if you're listening then pikachu but uh oh, thank you i'm definitely gonna i'll let her hear it i'll be like hey come look come listen to this fair enough all right friends that will do it for this one thank you so much for tuning in really do appreciate it till next time as always Happy gaming. What can you drop here?